We are Centrepoint Church. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Hello, hello, good morning. Um, how are you doing? Hopefully you can hear me okay. Uh, my name's Chris and just want to add my welcome along with Phil's to you. So good to gather together. Um, and for, for those that have been here for a million times, I just want to say it's so great. I love it, gathering together each week as church family. Um, it's always good to be together. And if you're here for the first time, I hope that you feel welcome. I hope that you've, um, yeah, have, have felt that just from uh, meeting people as you've come in. And it's so great to have you. It's always good to just be together uh, on a Sunday morning, midweek, in all sorts of different groups. And um, today, yeah, as Phil's mentioned, it's Vision Sunday. It means we've got a great chance to just share with you a little bit about the vision for the church and um, as we press into 2020 specifically. Um, but it is no different to any other Sunday in that we will be preaching from the Bible. We like to do this every single week. And so um, if you can turn to Matthew chapter 8, that would be great. And if you don't have a Bible, then why don't you stick your hand in the air and one of these lovely Bibles will arrive to you in your seat. Just keep it up until um, someone gets to you. And it might be that your hand is up because you just don't own a Bible. Or the Bible you've got is like these and thous and you can't really understand it. And if that is the case, then you can keep hold of this one. Just write your name in it. It's yours. It's a free gift. You can have it. It will bless you. So, um, yeah, that's that. And so I've called... Um, this morning's talk, seeing clearly with 2020 vision. 2020 vision is exactly that, isn't it? It's seeing clearly, it's having excellent vision. And so that's what we're going to be looking at. And when someone has 2020 vision, they can see clearly and they can... And as an eldership team, we have basically come together to say, well, what does that mean for us as a church? What is it for us to see people as Jesus saw them? What is it for us to see Jesus as some people in the Bible saw them? We're going to encounter one today. What does it mean for us to press into our community and to, uh, and to be the church that God called us to be? What does it mean to see clearly in all sorts of different aspects of church life? And um, over this week, actually, we're going to be talking into those things. Today is more like high overview stuff. On Wednesday evening, it's the detail. So if you like the gossip, Wednesday evening, that's the evening to come along to. It'd be great if every family can be represented. And uh, so we'll be sharing key values this morning. Some key values to us as a church. We'll be sharing the detail on Wednesday evening. So we're going to just read from three verses from Matthew chapter 8. Hopefully you found it by now. If you haven't, don't worry. Uh, it will appear on the screen as well. And we're just going to read a bit, talk a bit, read a bit, talk a bit. And Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 then, says this. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. We're just going to pause there. At this moment in Jesus' ministry, he had just been up on, um, on the, a large mountain and he'd been given the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is one of probably Jesus' greatest uh, preaches. It's recorded in detail in Matthew chapters 5, 6 and 7. And uh, we went through part of that called the Beatitudes earlier on in the year. You can get it on the downloads. And um, when he gave that, you know, Jesus wasn't always popular. But at this moment in time, he'd been speaking for several days, this Sermon on the Mount. It went off for several days. And he's finished that talk, and now he's walking down the mountainside, and people are still following him. Large crowds are gathering around him. Like, you know, I mean, that's pretty impressive. 
Like, when I've been talking for, like, half an hour, you guys will start switching off. But this guy, days, and they want more. And they want to come back for more. And, and so we get, like, this little glimpse in that first verse that this is a time where Jesus is popular. People, like, mainly it would be religious people gathering around him, wanting to hear more, wanting to question him and test him and ask him about more about how we got all this understanding. He's finished the Sermon on the Mount. People want to hear more. And now he's walking down the, the, down the, the countryside. Verse 2 says this, A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. It's, um, it's like a remarkable thing for someone with leprosy to, to do that. He, he doesn't come to Jesus saying, how could, you, how could you allow this to happen to me? How could a loving God allow this disease to enter into my body? He, do, he doesn't come ask demanding or questioning, but he's just saying, look, within humility, he just comes and says, I know that there is something special about you. And if you are willing, I know that you can make me clean. This man with leprosy, he, it, leprosy, just if you don't know, it's a disease where the nerve endings in your hands and in your arms and your wrists and in other parts of your body, they kind of cease to function. And so um, you, can, you sort of, you really struggle to use your hands after a while. After a while. What happens is that um, you lose all the kind of, all the nerve endings because they all stop and cease. It means that like you, we get amazing warning signs. If you put your hand near fire or heat, you get these amazing warning signs and your body tells you, oh, move your hand away. But if you've got leprosy, then that doesn't happen. And so you're, you're, you just end up burning yourself all the time because you just get yourself into trouble. And that's what this person had. He would burn really easily and, and he had all this, this kind of ailment. And additionally, if you were someone with leprosy in, in that time, then you were considered as someone to be unclean. You, you couldn't, walk, you couldn't like go into public spaces. In fact, if you did, you'd have to walk around saying, unclean, coming through, unclean, coming through, because people thought that if you touch this person, let alone spoke to them or, or got near to them, that somehow they would, that would make you unclean. Like, so if you had leprosy, that you would somehow infect other people and they would become unclean, ceremonially unclean and not able to, to worship God and not able to go to the temple, but also just um, kind of unclean in the community sense and not able to socialise with others. And so you'd, you'd be really humiliated. You'd have all sorts of kind of social issues that would come with it. You wouldn't be able to work. Your family would disown you um, because they wouldn't be, want to be associated with you. You wouldn't have means for work. You wouldn't be able to have a family, have a wife, have children. You, you wouldn't be able to do all sorts of things. So you wouldn't have your income. You would be kind of alone, rejected. You never would have been touched. Your mother, in those days, if you, if you were born with leprosy, then your mother would uh, disown you. And you'd go and they would, they would live in like these caves, these areas, and, and people would come because they wouldn't want to go near you. They would drop food at the front of the cave and then the, the people, those people with leprosy would come out and, and take the food. That's how they'd be looked after. You wouldn't have felt the loving touch of, of a mother or a handshake of a father. You, you wouldn't have experienced those things. Not only that that you also would have had shame associated with you, all linked to, to God's judgment. Back then, in this time, it was a time where 
if you had leprosy, then people thought that that was somehow God judging you in some way, that you, you've got that because you have done something so wicked in your past that God is judging you, and that's why you have that disease. There's, there's times in the Bible where you see the disciples, they, they have this type of thinking, and so they'll say to Jesus, oh, who sinned, that man or his parents, that he should have that condition? Uh, it was the type of thinking that went around that day. And so... N- Often, therefore, those people with leprosy wouldn't be looked after by the wider community. Although they might give them a bit of food here and there, they wouldn't really be cared for in a major way because to do that would be to associate yourself with someone with leprosy. And that person who has leprosy, they've got God's judgment and they need to live in that judgment. They need to be rejected. They need to be discarded. They need to be alone because God has given that judgment to them and we should stand on God's side and stand with That was their thinking. That was how the thinking went on. And so you get this moment where this, this person with leprosy has the audacity to come into this crowd where Jesus is speaking and he's got all these people gathering around him. And he comes and he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I imagine at that moment, all the people looking around would have been looking to Jesus. Ah, oh, I wonder how Jesus is going to give him a backhand. How is he going to get rid of this riffraff? How's, how's he going to do? That's probably what they're wondering. Well, the next verse tells us, It says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. What? This is outrageous. He actually touched the man. For the first time in his life, he's got the loving touch of someone. And he he comes and he says, hey, I'm willing. I'm accepting. You can come into my presence. He, He reaches out. He does this thing. This is unbelievable news. This is not normal. Someone who is a famous rabbi of the day, it wouldn't be normal for them to go and touch someone with leprosy. And everyone would thought, Jesus, how can you do that? He's going to make you unclean. But he doesn't. It would be like headline news. All the people in Surrey, you know, would be like, well, I never. All the black girls in the back would be like, oh, no, he didn't. It would be in all the... I found a newspaper from back then, and the headlines were, leper lover. Jesus, he comes and he touches someone. It's unbelievable. How could he do that? It's it's in all the magazines. It was just unreal that Jesus would do such a thing as to do this. It's just outrageous. This guy has felt this touch and Jesus says, do you know what? I am willing. And then he says, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. It's just an unbelievable story. Do you know, I always thought that if I was going to come to Jesus, if I was going to come to God, then I would need to fix up and look sharp. That I would need to sort out all my life first. That I would need to get all my ducks in a row. I need to stop sinning in this area and start maybe giving in this area. I would need to do all this kind of stuff. But do you know what? In this story, we get a totally different response. And Jesus says, come to me just as you are. Just as you are, you can come to me. We get this response of, no, it's not holding arm's length. It's not holding away. You know, for Jesus, this is a potential PR disaster. Having done such an amazing Sermon on the Mount, and suddenly he's going to put himself in such a vulnerable position as to be touching someone with leprosy and potentially becoming unclean. And yet Jesus is like, do you know what? Stuff that. I don't care about that. I'm here for people. I care about people. I'm here to to draw people in and, and to bring them into my kingdom. It's all about, it's just amazing grace. It's just an amazing thing that this is how Jesus engages with society and with community. And um, the religious people of the day, they kind of know this. 
And yet they've allowed themselves to get to the point where they, they kind of think, oh, well, actually, no, we have to do this and you have to do that and you have to follow the rules and you, know, and you can't touch someone like that because that might make you unclean. And, and Jesus is like just putting a sledgehammer to all that kind of thinking, saying, no, that's not how you come into my presence. That's not how you are welcomed into my people. It's just unbelievable, amazing grace. And when the leper heard about Jesus... He was willing to come and, and he, he was willing to come into Jesus' presence. And he didn't care about it because for him, that was a potential PR disaster. Like he could have got stoned for coming into a public space uh, with other people, especially religious people. He could have got stoned for that and he risked his life because he wanted to get close to Jesus. For him, seeing Jesus clearly meant going where Jesus is. For him, seeing Jesus clearly meant risking everything to just be near him, to just get close to him, to be in his presence. For Jesus, seeing people clearly meant going to where they are. It meant embracing them just as they are, warts and all. It meant get, like, engaging them, touching them, reaching out to them and being in, in, in them and amongst them. And he was outrageously compassionate. And do you know what? The people thought that if you were unclean and you encountered someone that that would make them also unclean. In this story, we find, you know what, Jesus is not like that. When you encounter Jesus, not, Jesus doesn't change, you change. And he transforms lives. He changes lives and he does amazing miracles. And I know all around this room, Jesus has done amazing things in people's lives. And as people like you and me have come and encountered Jesus with all our different failures and our sins and all our problems, do you know what he, and we come to him and he accepts us and draws us in and we realise that we're forgiven and we're loved and we're cherished. He then can change our life and he starts to just... um, just do a, a, a softening in our hearts and he tells us that we're forgiven and he tells us that we're valued and he tells us we're cherished and he tells us that we're accepted and we're welcome and we come into his presence and we say, thank you, Lord. And so when you come to church on a Sunday, this isn't a bunch of perfect people saying, oh, look how good I am and now I can sing. No, this is a bunch of imperfect people saying, thank you, God, that you are so good. Thank you, Lord, that I can come into your presence and I can sing of your majesty and your glory and, and all your might because you have done a mighty thing, because you are fighting my battles. And I know that the best way for me to come into your presence is just to come as I am, to repent for the things I've, I've done wrong, but to know that you love me, you accept me, and you, you welcome me in. Yeah. Amazing news, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? If you are here today, you, know, you might be here for the first time, you might be here for the hundredth time, you might have swallowed a lie, and you might have come believing that, do you know what? You might come maybe asking, uh, looking, God, wondering, God, will, will you accept me? Will you let me in? You know, are you real? Do you know me? I believe that Jesus is saying to you today, I'm willing. I believe that Jesus wants to reach out to you, into your life, into your heart, and, so, and draw you in and say, come just as you are. Yeah, no, I know about that. Yeah, no, I know about that. It's okay. I, I love you. And I want you, and I'm drawing you in. I am willing, Jesus says. I am willing. He's reaching out to you today. I don't know what that means for you. For some of you, it it might mean giving your life to Jesus for the first time. Praying, Lord, okay, I I accept. I'm coming into your presence. You know, you can do that this morning. For others, it might be that you shut Jesus out from certain areas of your life because you thought that he... You, you didn't want to reveal that bit to him or you, were sh- sh- you felt shame about that. And Jesus said, no, all, all of you, I, I know everything about you and I'm still drawing you in and you can come with it all and I want to work in your life. And your prayer might be, Lord, 
Help me to, to trust you with everything, every part of me. Thank you that you're willing. Do you know, as a church, we have a vision to see every life transformed by Jesus. It excludes no one. It includes everyone. It means that everyone here is part of that. No one, no one is isolated. No one is excluded. We want to see God do amazing things um, through people's lives. And we know that Jesus is about a transforming work. Amen. And, you know, he does that. He, he does that one at a time. And this, the, this, this man here, he did that with. And, you know, he, he doesn't, doesn't care where you come from, who you are, what you've done. He's drawing you in. He's saying, hey, you can come in. And, do you know, Jesus is just amazing because he is the image of God. When you come and meet with Jesus, you, you come and get to know what God the Father is like. When you come and meet with Jesus, he fills you with his Holy Spirit and he helps you to know inside that he is real. And, if, and you might even be feeling that this morning. Oh, Lord, how, how are you speaking to me? Hey, he's speaking to you through his Holy Spirit. You might have felt that during our worship time. You know what? Not only does um, it exclude no one, include everyone, but it impacts everything that we do as a church. And so you know, I mentioned at the beginning that we want to see clearly with 2020 vision. And that means those two things, which I'm going to touch on briefly now, seeing others like Jesus saw them. Seeing the like the man that Jesus saw, seeing people like Jesus saw them. And then like the man saw Jesus, we want to see Jesus in that way too. And so what does that mean? Well, 2020 vision, seeing people like God sees them or Jesus sees them. Do you know that takes time, takes effort, takes energy. It's often not convenient. It's often at risk to our own social standing, to maybe our, our finances. It often takes steps of faith. And um, I believe that God is calling us as a church to take big steps of faith. And we're going to talk about some of those steps of faith on Wednesday evening that I believe God's going to call us to take. And seeing clearly means understanding that we have good news. And every single one of us has friends or people that we just meet in society in some ways who don't know Jesus. And so seeing them as God sees them is understanding that there is good news for us to bring to them. And now often that kind of feels like, oh, that means I need to do like a, a big step. Like, so we're kind of friends and now I need to do a big step and I need to, you know, give them the full on gospel. Do you know what? Seeing clearly, I think, helps us to recognise that sometimes just little steps, sowing seeds in little ways is much more effective. Going a journey along, living life with people is much more effective than, oh, come to church. And they say, no, OK, I'm not going to talk to you about it ever again for 10 years. No, that's, we need to see clearly in all this stuff. And so there's several things that as a leadership team we've done. And I'll mention these things now because I, I want to save more time for other stuff on Wednesday. And that's this, that we've stopped doing our Alpha course this term. And so we're not going to do that. And we're also uh, not going to do it next term. We're just going to take a break from that because I think it's so easy sometimes for us as a church to think that, to kind of compartmentalise, oh, my evangelism is done by the church putting on Alpha. Do you know what? When you come and just share life with your friends, when you invite them around your house and you give them a cup of tea, that is you sowing a seed. When you say, hey, can I help you with this? That's you sowing a seed. When you just take a little step by doing little things, that's you sowing seeds. And... 
and when you're just kind, when you just live your life, you, you know, you don't need to go out and find friends. You've already got friends. You've already got people in your life who do not know Jesus. And I want to encourage you to just make little steps. Something that um, I mentioned about a month ago was that uh, me and Catherine had failed to invite around our neighbours. We felt like it was the right thing to do and we failed to do that. About three weeks ago we did that. And uh, we just brought, invited them all around for a, a cream tea and scones and pims. And we're just hanging around and we just... We chatted, we spent a couple of hours. We put all our furniture from the back garden into the front so they didn't even have to walk through the front door because that can be scary for some people. So we just sat out in the front, had a kind of front garden yard, cream tea and scones, you know, it was great. And we just got to know, hey, we're just sowing seeds. And uh, it's a couple, a couple that live in our street, we now go walking with them fairly regularly. We just walk around the woods and stuff and we're just sowing seeds, we're just getting to know them. And... That, I tell you, that is going to be so much more effective because then when we come to something, it's just much easier to invite. And so some other things that we're doing is rather than making you have big steps like you invite them to church or invite them to Alpha course or something, we're just going to put on some really low-key stuff. So we've got a quiz night coming up in, uh, in a few weeks' time, in November. And the quiz night is going to be really chilled, a really great quiz. It's like £8 an adult, £14 for two adults. You can have teams of up to eight people. You can bring your colleagues. I know Catherine's got a bunch of friends from her work. They're going to come along. We're going to raise money for a homeless charity called Host. So it's a really easy invite. And it's just going to be a fun evening, all different types of quiz questions. There's going to be a meal, chilli con carne. So you get a quiz, you get a meal, you get some time with your friends. Obviously, there'll be prizes as well. And it's just, it's just much easier. Hey, you're sowing a seed. And probably on that event, we'll, we'll say, hey, we're doing carols. We're a church and we're going to do some carols. Why don't you come along to carols? Again, a real low-key, easy thing for you to just make steps with your friends. Seeing clearly is enabling us to just do life with those people that don't know Jesus, to love them and to share life with them and make it easy. Other things that we're going to do is over 2020, we're going to, talk, we're going to spend time talking into this whole topic. And so we're going to have some Sundays where uh, we'll have some guest speakers that come and they're going to come and equip us as a church. And there's going to be some Sundays where it'd be really good for you to invite your friends to who might have questions. They're like key ones. I want to give you those dates now. So the first one in January, Ed Mellish is coming. Ed's been working with um, me, the elders, and we've, we've been gathering like three other guys. So there's been six of us gathering together regularly just to pray about the future of our church. And as we gathered together, Ed came and he just met with us and helped us to be thinking about what does this mean for our church. And so he's going to come and, and he's going to preach at the beginning of January and he's going to share, equip us as a church with some of this stuff. We're then going to do a series called Equipped, which is based on a guy called Chris Kilby, his books, and that'll be throughout January. And at the end of that, in March... Uh, that's January and February. In March, we're going to invite Tanya Walker. He's from Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. She's going to come and she's going to do, a, uh, like this is a talk to people that aren't Christians. And it's like, why Christianity? Of all the different religions, why do you choose Christianity? What about all these different objections? Why Christianity? And she's going to come. And that's going to be an excellent morning to pencil in for someone. So you've got like six months now to just be sowing small seeds with some friends, getting ready for that uh, 20th of March. And then in June, we've got Adrian Holloway. He's going to come and he's going to, again, going to come and equip us. And it gives you a chance to get to know him. And then he's going to come back in November. And again, he's a really great apologetic guy. And he's going to come and he's going to do a great talk. And that's another one to invite your friends to. And then we'll have Christmas carols. And so we're just, we're trying to see clearly as a leadership team, how can we best serve you guys? And also we want to help to equip us all together. And we're all kind of figuring this out. 
we're all working on this together. And so um, me and Catherine, we're trying to do that ourselves as a family and we want to encourage you to do the same. Seeing people clearly also means helping and serving those people in our community that are perhaps disadvantaged. As a church, if you've been here for a little while, you will know that as a church, we give to all these different charities. We work with all these, we partner with them in our community. Eight local, one national, one international, and then one apostolic, which is commission, which is the family of churches we belong to. And I want to encourage you that as you, as you give to Centrepoint Church, we're also giving to these. We give 10% of everything we receive to these charities. It, it works out many thousands of pounds every year that we give away to all these charities to support them, to help them, to grow and to flourish and to serve those people in our community well. And, you know, just as Jesus saw the guy that had leprosy, he didn't, he didn't just say, oh, how are you? That's all nice. He, he also then did something about it. Now, Jesus, he healed him. And obviously we pray for that too. We can pray for healing and through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can do that. But we also want to do things practically and say things like food bank, giving people food, things like CAP, helping people in debt management, uh, things like the street angels uh, through the Guildford Town Chaplaincy, helping people that are just struggling on a Friday night or a Saturday night. These are all things that serve the community we live in. And so I just want to encourage you to continue to give um, to all that we're about because all that we're about is serving our community and serving those people and seeing people like God sees them and helping and supporting them. And then one more thing I just want to mention in terms of seeing people clearly is that on um, the 10th of November, we're going to do a Compassion Sunday. And um, we already support a, uh, a safe house in Kenya, in Kibera, which was on the last slide, and that helps... Um, uh, sort of women at risk of trafficking there and there's also education there's a school and things like that and we're also going to partner with commission uh, compassion sorry we're going to partner with compassion and in Kenya in the same place we're going to start sponsoring individuals last Christmas we gave to a child survival unit there and that was to help mothers with young toddlers to thrive because there was like such a massive kind of um, death rate amongst young babies there so we, we helped to support this child survival unit and now we want to give you an opportunity to support individuals and compassion works with churches um, to connect like one person in our church with one person in Kenya and our prayer is by doing by focusing on in Kenya is that in a few years time potentially we can go out and do a trip we can take a bunch of us go and do a trip out there and we can meet those people that we've been sponsoring and also we can go to the safe house and and see what we've been doing there and so we're trying to see clearly how can we be a force for good not just in Guildford, but across, across the globe. And Compassion Sunday is going to be a great Sunday to come along to. We've got a guy called Toby. He's going to come. He's a guest speaker. I know him really well, actually. And he's just going to do us really good. Does that make sense? There's, more, there's even more that we want to do. We want to do cross-cultural. We're going to plant a church in Beirut. And on Wednesday night, I want you to come because we're going to send in a key couple from our church to go and do that. And that's going to be a big faith step. It's going to require all sorts of things. And Wednesday night is the detail for that. All right? Seeing, having 2020 vision means seeing people clearly. It also means being like the man and seeing Jesus clearly. He did everything he could to get close to Jesus. And do you know what? We need to do the same. We, we can't do any of this. Right? Jesus is the one that's leading this church and we're, we're just part of the body. Each one of us serve in different ways across this church. And we need to... Get close to Jesus. And so, again, throughout this time, we find lots of different ways in which we can do that. Vision night on Friday, it's already mentioned, that's a good way. 
Another way, though, is prayer. And prayer is so important to the life of our church. And so from today, I want us to start a week of prayer. And when you leave today, um, you can collect one of these. And this is just a little sheet, um, like shown on the screen. And it just gives you some, some things that you could pray about each day. And I'd love it if, as a church, we could just pray into these things. They're kind of some key things into our church. It's not a, like a, a whole list. You can pray on for other things too, but it's just something to get you started. In order to help you as well, at 8 o'clock each evening, we're going to do a Facebook Live video post and someone from across our church will pray and you can pray along with them and that might help just to inspire you and encourage you. And so if you're not part of our Facebook group, you can find it just... Type in like Centerpoint members and friends into Facebook and you can just ask to request to join and we can add you to that and you'll be able to see those. And so we're calling the whole church to why don't you come and pray. If you want to fast as well, I'd encourage you to do that. Fast for all the things that we're pressing into and, and that would be good. Come along Wednesday evening. And do you know what? What I love about our church is, you know, we're not in this alone. We're not the only church in Guildford. There's many great churches in Guildford. And so on Friday evening, we're going to gather with many of those churches uh, between six and midnight. You can kind of drop in at any time. And we're going to worship together. And we're going to ask and pray, Lord God, would you advance your kingdom? See your kingdom come in, in Guildford. It helps to remind us that we're not alone in this. And so we're gathering together. We're going to be doing that. Um, family church are hosting that. It's like in like a warehouse behind the big uh, post office and obviously the details on the screen you can also find them on church suite um, and I want to encourage you to come along to those we they are good times for us to you know if we want to be like that man who was willing to risk everything to get close to Jesus then we need to spend time getting close to him we need to make these kind of evenings a priority. And added to these type of worship nights, we do our own worship nights. And we do these once a month. I want to encourage you to come along. They're just such a good time. Everyone who comes to them always says, this is amazing, let's get more people to come. And I want to encourage you, why don't you be it? Why don't you just come along? Why don't you check it out? You don't have to pray out loud. You don't have to uh, do anything you're uncomfortable with. It's just a night to just come in. It's just worshipping like we did this morning and spending time with God. And so why, I want to encourage you to come, come along to those. We're also going to do baptisms on the 4th of December. These are good things to be to. And I won't mention Kathy Theology because uh, Phil already has. But I, what I will mention, though, is that we've shifted our timings in order to help you. Things used to start at half seven all the time. They now start at quarter... Well, eight o'clock they'll start and we'll open the doors at quarter to eight with tea and coffee and stuff like that. It's just to help people to get to them. We'll still finish around nine for most things or maybe shortly after. We'll never finish anything past half past nine. So that's a guarantee from us. We'll always finish definitely by half past nine, but most things we're going to try to make it uh, an hour or so just to help you and serve you. So seeing clearly with 2020 vision... It means seeing people like Jesus does. It means seeing Jesus like the man did. It means remembering that we are part of something bigger. We're not just here on our own. We're part of a family of churches. That family of churches is called Commission. And, um, and Commission's visions are up here. It's to see thousands of lives transformed through hundreds of churches and tens of nations. That's what we are called to do. And that's why our vision as a church just fits right in with that. It's just to see life transformed by Jesus in our community and so I want to encourage you if you are someone who have been part of our church for more than a week why don't you come and get stuck in this is a good place to be 
God is on the move and he's doing so much through us. And I just, it's so, so much that I couldn't fit it all in one evening. So I said, let's do an evening and let's do a Sunday morning as well to try to share some of the things to help, um, help you guys see. I believe that as we've been going through the book of Joshua and as we go through this book, I do, I just felt prophetically, this might be for you too, that God wants to give us keys, each one of you, keys to unlock just different areas in our life. Maybe for you, it's like, unlocking the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe it's just unlocking some hardship, some kind of financial hardship or relational hardship. I believe that as a church, it's just going to unlock for us things like finance and resource. And, uh, you know, it was great last week going into the old people's home and starting that baby group there and and piloting that. And I think he's just starting to unlock different avenues. And we're just finding, we just, as we've gone through this term, suddenly these doors just start opening and we're just finding possibilities and areas of places to walk in. And um, I can't can't share all those details because some of them are quite soon and they might mean significant steps for us as a church, but I just want to encourage you, hey... Let's be people of God. Being people of God means being willing to step out in faith, being willing to take that step, knowing that God is with us, that he isn't going to leave us, he isn't going to forsake us. Jesus said to the man, I am willing. And my question is, are you? Are you willing? Are you willing to be drawn into all that God is doing amongst us? Are you willing to to be drawn into, to allow God to shape you, to change you, to equip you, to strengthen you? Are you willing to allow God to use you for the purposes of his kingdom? It's, ultimately, it's just building the church. That's what God calls us to. Ephesians 5 tells us that Christ loved the church so much that he died for it. So what did Christ die for? He died for the church. And when the church is doing all that it's called to do, is serving the community, is seeing the lost saved, is seeing people transformed, then I believe that's a glorious picture, and I want to call you to, to that, to seeing him do it. So are you willing just going to finish by focusing our eyes back on God there was um there's been a couple of amazing prophetic words that we've had as a church one of them was about uh, the guy Miller gave us who leads our uh, sphere of churches called commission and that was about a fire station and do you know what a fire station the purpose of a fire station is to come and bring hope hope to people who are just in hardship Hope to those who are suffering in some way. Do you know, I believe God is calling us to be a church of hope, to bring hope in every single area that we can be. And I, and I, want, I want to hear from you, how can we continue to do that? There's more that we can do. There's more that we can do. There's more that God can do through us, more than even what we can dream or imagine. And so I want to encourage us as a church, hey, what, what more can we do to bring hope into our community? And another key prophetic word that uh, Joe Young's brought a few weeks back was from Isaiah. And it was just a reminding us to look back at God. Do you not know? Have you not heard that the Lord is everlasting? Lift up your eyes to him. Look to Jesus. You know, he is the everlasting king. We grow tired and weary. Yeah, sure, of course we do. But you know what? He never does. And as we trust in him, you know, we will soar like wings on eagles. We will thrive and flourish and we will see God's kingdom come. And I just want to encourage you, let's be a people together. I want to pray and in a moment we're going to come back to worship. Father God, I just want to thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you're doing amongst us as a people. I just pray, Heavenly Father, that as we... 
um, step into this season, step into all the things like what Johnny was praying about earlier. As we step into all that you might be calling us to, whether it's new job, new work, uh, new situation in our family or our finance or our relationships, Lord God, I pray, would we be people who come and surrender our whole lives to you? Would we give our lives to all that you are doing amongst us? I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would trust you in all that you are doing. Help us, Lord God, help us to follow you and to follow your guidance. Thank you that you are building your church. Thank you that the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Thank you, Lord God, that you're a mighty God and we can trust you and we love you. And we just say, Lord God, would you have your way amongst us? Thanks for listening. Please do come and visit us Sundays, 10am at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.